Good afternoon and good evening, wherever you may be listening. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Are You Listening Now podcast. I am your host, Johnny, back at it again for another week. Hey, yo, yo, shout out to Novak Djokovic, who just won Wimbledon this past week and is tied for the most Grand Slams ever. And who might actually be the GOAT of men's tennis, in my opinion. Now, y'all already know the doll's my favorite. But I have to say, Djokovic is looking like the GOAT, in my opinion. That man is winning. And I hope you've been able to win this week as well. All right. want to start off today's show uh, by mentioning, as I tend to do about my social media page on Facebook, which can be found at R-Y-L now. That's R spelled out, Y-L now on Facebook. If you like the content here, if you're liking things there that I post, give me a like, give me a follow. It'll really help me out and I'll greatly appreciate it. Also, of course, the podcast is being played wherever podcasts are playing. So whether you listen to me on Pandora, Apple, Google, Drazer, iHeartRadio, you name it, I'm on it. So if anybody you've told about the show is having trouble finding me, they can find me there. I also link the show to my Facebook page. So you can also go there and get the show that way. Also, of course, on those different platforms, there is a rating system and a comment section. So again, if you're liking the content you're in here, or maybe have an idea of some content you would like to hear. Again, I would greatly appreciate all of that if you can go and obviously, you know, leave me a comment. I'll definitely take the time out to respond if you do. Also, timestamps for the different segments will be in the description. So if there's a segment that you particularly want to listen to, you could definitely skip and do that. Of course, if you want to listen to the whole show, that'll work out too. Speaking of where timestamps can come into play, to start off today's show, I really hope you all have been watching Loki, and just in case you haven't, spoiler alert, there will be spoilers in this segment, so if you want to go ahead and use that timestamp that I mentioned earlier in the description to skip ahead to another segment, please go ahead and take the time out to do that now. But if you have been watching it, then you already know this show has been amazing. I really have to give it to Marvel on the shows they have put out so far in Disney+. Plus. I didn't know how they would do with all three of the shows, but they have been great. Most of what I predicted would have happened um, back in episode 33 of the podcast, um, I have to say, did not happen at all. But that's okay because what we have seen has been great. For starters, getting to see the different versions of Loki is cool. And in Marvel Comics, we got every version of the Lokis we saw in the show. Well, minus the alligator Loki, um, that they kept focusing on for some reason. The thing that I took away from all the Lokis being pruned by the TVA is that since Lokis are known 
For mischief, they would be the one thing out of the many in the multiverse that could possibly make their paths not go as the timekeepers had actually intended it to. I think this is why all Lokis, or a vast majority of them, got pruned and sent to the void. If you listen to all of their stories, they all seem to have done something that wasn't supposed to happen. Speaking of what wasn't supposed to happen, I need them to explain what happened after Sylvie set off them charges, which caused the timeline to start to go nuts. I mean, they threw it in there, and that was a pretty cool moment, but then the very next episode, nothing was ever said or showed about it, or you know, about how they stopped it. Or what happened, which I didn't actually really too much care for. But maybe they thought that because they introduced, you know, obviously female Loki or Sylvie as we know her as. And learning that everyone who works for the TVA has been taken from their timeline in the universe and made into TVA agents. Maybe they thought that that would make us just forget about that whole part in the episode. But we did not, Kevin Feige. We need answers. But to get back on track, a little bit just in case, uh, none of you know about the void, and I know its existence is talked about in the show, but this place is where Immortus reigns in the comics, so that would be cool if they introduced him before the series is over with. Spoiler alert, I believe they actually do. The other thing that has made this show great is how the TVA went from being seen as an organization that is going around the multiverse to do good, and now not so much. But we still need to find out who is really behind this. I think, and in my opinion, I think the timekeepers are actually dead and has been since the Great Multiversal War. Since we know that Kang the Conqueror is going to be in Ant-Man Wasp 3, then I think it would make sense to introduce Kang here. From the last two shows, Marvel hasn't really done that yet. Um, outside of introducing Val at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then we see her at the end of Black Widow. So we haven't really seen them tie the shows you know, to the movies that are going to come out, but I think they might with this one. Also, in the last episode that just aired today, we got a ton of what, well, in the last episode, actually prior to the one today, we got a ton of, you know, what are called Easter eggs throughout the last episode, like the Thanos uh, helicopter, because yes, in Marvel Comics, there was a time when Thanos came to Earth and he was actually driving a helicopter. It's a, it was a wonky story, but he really was. Um, we also saw the head of the Living Tribunal, it looked like, which I don't know if it's his real head or maybe it's just a statue, because uh, that would be nuts if it was his head, and that means that he was dead, considering the Living Tribunal is the can be argued to be the next strongest being in the whole Marvel cinematic in the whole Marvel universe, next to the one. Next to the one above all. So I hope that isn't the case and that, you know, maybe later his character actually gets utilized or introduced in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. 
I I doubt I I doubt he's dead though, but you know we'll see. Uh, the last episode that actually just aired yesterday, oh excuse me, actually today of Loki was in my opinion the best episode from this series, and man, does it set the stage for the upcoming MCU films? Much like I had an idea that it would. I mean. I totally didn't see Sylvie doing Loki the way she did. And now, even if she wanted to go find him, she doesn't even know where she pushed him to. Uh, which, if you haven't watched the episode, not going to actually go into details about what happened because I just want you to go watch it and see it so that way you'll know what I'm talking about. If you did watch it, you know what I'm talking about. I have mentioned this before, but I can't wait until mutants hit the MCU and gives us some characters that we haven't got to see yet. And that ending is going to swing that door wide open for that to happen. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it, honestly, myself. With three Marvel shows down, and I know it might be too early to say this, but Loki might be the best of the three that has come out. It just has so much greatness in every single episode. And I mean, I mean, so does Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But man, I think I'm going to have to go with Loki right now. But I might change my mind on that. I might change my mind. But right now, Loki is in a pole position. If you haven't watched it yet, I highly recommend you watch the show. And trust me, you will not be disappointed. All right, from one great show to, well, which turned out to be a controversy of sorts this week. So Stephen A. Smith really stepped in it this past week. Just in case you haven't heard um, about it, Stephen A. Smith, by the way, is a sports, well, he used to be a sports journalist. Now he's a commentator, if you will, or a pundit on ESPN. But while on his morning show on ESPN called First Take, he made some very racially insensitive comments about um, Otani emergence as the face of baseball not being so good since he needs a translator and doesn't speak English. Just to give you the, the direct quote, um, to quote the man, he did. it said that, but the fact that you got a foreign player that doesn't speak English that needs an interpreter, believe it or not, I think contributes to harming the game in some degree when that's your box office appeal. It needs to be somebody like Bryce Harper or Mike Trout, those guys. And unfortunately, at this moment in time, that's not the case, end quote. Since he said that, this has, you know, since this has come out, um, he's tried to explain what he meant by saying this and then ultimately putting out a written statement or an apology via his social media page. He even went on first take um, the next morning to apologize and to do more damage control. So off the top, for anyone calling this racist, do me a favor, please stop that. The race card is a powerful tool and should be used on things that it needs to be used on. This does not fall under that, in my opinion. Um, now, having said that, is this a racially insensitive comment? Oh, most definitely. Should he had apologized for it? The minute he understood 
what he said was offensive. He should have apologized, which he kind of did, and you know that can be debated. Now, for anyone that's on this was racist camp, here's why this was not racist, again, in my opinion. He didn't say that due to him being Japanese, he shouldn't be the face of baseball, shouldn't play baseball in this country or anything like that. Again, my definition of racism, and I feel that it's a lot of people's definition of racism, is thinking that one is more superior than another due to the color of one's skin. It's why I've always said that anyone can be racist, but not to go too deep down that asteroid crater, because I think it run pretty deep, I still think this backlash is a mix of a few things. The first thing is Stephen A. is known for being outspoken on racist issues, um, like, for example, calling out when white coaches get jobs over black coaches who are just as deserving, for example. And with that brings a heightened level of accountability that one has to have when making comments about anything surrounding race. Another thing is, well, let's be all the way 100 and real about this. Asian hate has been a major topic rightfully so lately and it's made us be more aware of the type of hate that gets thrown that community and other communities but certainly that community's way and we really have to be mindful of the things we say or do as a whole to hopefully bring a stop to all of this hate the other thing i believe that's happening with this is cancel culture, which you all know I can't stand. I've seen people calling for his job and let's go ahead and be all the way 1000 about this. Um, ESPN isn't going to fire him uh, for the simple reason that he brings them probably the most viewers and the most money out of all of their on-air personalities. So they're not going to fire him. I also don't and have never believed that you should be fired just because you said something stupid, as long as it's not filled with hate, which this wasn't, and inciting violence would be my other thing that you, I mean, if you do that, you should just immediately be fired. One's opinion from your own doesn't automatically make it hate. And that's a line that this virus, known as council culture, has tried to erase over the years. Now, thankfully, a lot of us are trying to push back on that. But again, not to go down my despise of council culture. Since his apology, I do think ESPN should still obviously do some type of retroactive punishment about it. I mean, because just apologize again, though, yes, he should have had. I don't think that's just flat out enough again when ESPN does have a standard or at least claims to have a standard uh, for conduct and things that people say on air and off air. So Rachel Nichols got suspended, for example. What they could do, in my opinion, is suspend him w without pay and have him complete 
a sensitivity training and not allow him to come back until he actually does that. And I think that alone, suspending him without pay, making him take that sensitivity training and demanding that he actually finishes before he comes back, I believe uh, would actually fit the, you know, fit the punishment, if you will. I know Stephen A is known for his hot takes, but for his sake, I hope he doesn't say something else that straight up blasphemous like this comment was. All right, let me transition. Let me transition to this. So on last week's episode, if you all remember, I talked about some things you should avoid to make sure you retire freely. But today I want to help everyone determine just what type of person they will be in retirement, which will also help you decide just how much you need to have saved for whenever you plan on retiring. Now, I've mentioned this before, but I don't believe retirement has to be borrowed down to an age, but by when you will have enough money to sustain the lifestyle you want. Now, to figure this out, it does take a little honesty and knowing oneself. And here's what I mean by that. When it comes to money, there are two types of people, savers and spenders. And depending on where you fall in these two groups, it will help you determine just how much money you need to plan on saving to use when you actually pull your retirement card. Now, with that understanding, though, it won't, however, let you know that I am not a financial advisor and cannot tell you what to do with your money. These are only things that I have done to help me improve my financial situation. Okay, disclaimer out of the way. <laughs> so back to the topic. All right. So last week I mentioned about how you could check out how much money you needed to save to retire by using bankrate.com, um, using their retirement calculator and running some numbers to see how much you needed to save. The general rule of thumb is saving 15% of your income. And by the time you are 65 or 66 years of age, you should be good. And then the earlier you start, the better. For example, if you start to save 15% of your income at 25 and just say your average salary is going to be $50,000 a year, that's what it's going to be. That's your, that's your cap. I know it's sad, but just go with me for a second. Just run some numbers real quick. Give you a quick example. By the time you're 65, by the time that runs around, you'll have about $1.75 million. That number means two different things depending on your money type. With the average lifespan of men being about 82 and women being about 84, you're going to need your money to not run out before, obviously, you need it to. And the last thing anyone wants is to have to go back into the workforce or even worse than that, have to rely on the government for help. Because we already know them people ain't reliable. For a person with a saver's mindset, you may not be willing to spend more than just simply what you need to do so that $1.75 million might be more than enough for you to live on. On the other hand, if you're a spender, 
then you might want to add a little more to that total, you know, increase it from 15 to maybe something like 20%. The only way you can actually figure this out outside of being honest with yourself is to look into seeing just how much your income that you're using every month by taking what you bring home monthly and then after bills and expenses, obviously seeing what do you have left. If you're spending right up to the number, then you should put back a little more than what the average is of 15%. That way, you will leave yourself a lot of runway because let's be honest, most of us say when we get to X, I will start to do X, but in reality, we never do it. And it's best to be honest now and start to plan accordingly instead of hopefully waiting until that somehow there's, you know, plans on happening. Yes, I be- I still believe that putting a he, that putting in place a budget will help with this, but spenders are going to be spenders. So I really tell you to oversave. Whatever your money type is, once you figure it out, the smoother your plan will seem because you know that your plan that you have in place for retirement is going to work. All right, ladies and gents, that's it for today's show. Just flew by so quick. Kind of like I think a lot of people are hoping this Delta virus does just fly on by. I know that was a terrible joke. I just wanted to say that. But anyway, let me go ahead and get out of here for the week. Thank you again for everybody for listening. I'll be back next week. Again, listen to the show on any podcast on any podcast platform you can find it on. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your loved ones, tell everybody. All right, I'll talk to you all later. Y'all have a good week. Peace. <laughs>